Hello, and welcome to Embracing Diabetes, a podcast that highlights projects, work, and creative endeavors that are impacted by diabetes. My name is Dr. Elizabeth Stevens. And I'm Amy Stockwell. And we both live with type 1 diabetes. We're really looking forward to sharing these stories with you. Our guest today is Anna Morales, a mixed media artist based in Roanoke, Virginia. Anna received her MFA from the School of Art Institute in Chicago and currently works at the Leisure Media 360 in Roanoke as the art director for publications. She's also exhibited her work locally and nationally. Anna describes her art as being largely informed by her life as a person with type 1 diabetes, with an interest in processes that mimic her daily life with this chronic condition, processes that explore repetition and routine, control, order, and risk. I really love this description as such an accurate assessment of diabetes in the day-to-day, and we're really looking forward to hearing from Anna. So welcome to Embracing Diabetes, Anna. It's really nice to have you with us today. And one of the questions we always like to start off with is getting a little bit of a story of your diagnosis and maybe one memory that really stands out from that experience. Most of us have one thing that really was like unique that you just always will remember. Yeah. So I was diagnosed in February of 1994. I was three years old at the time. So because I was so young, I don't remember life without diabetes, which is a blessing in some ways. But in terms of how the diagnosis happened, my parents and my dad in particular noticed my symptoms pretty easily. He was an engineer. He noticed changes pretty easily. And so I had all of the telltale signs of diabetes. I was I'm going to the bathroom more often. I was thirsty all the time. I was losing weight. And I was also very grumpy, which was unusual for me. And so when they noticed that I was doing all those odd things, things that were out of character for me, they took me to my pediatrician and I was, my blood sugar was tested and then I was sent to the hospital where I was pretty quickly diagnosed with diabetes. Luckily, it, it wasn't hard for them to figure out what was wrong. And I, because I was only three, I don't remember feeling scared or I'm really understanding what was going on with me. And actually, the thing that I remember the most about that experience is actually a very fond memory for me. My older brother was nine at the time, and he was obsessed with the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And he brought his figurines to the hospital for me to play with. And even though I was only three, I knew that was a big deal. And I always remembered that. Thankfully, it wasn't like a traumatizing experience for me. And just to add on to that, my oldest sister also has type one and she was actually diagnosed just eight months after that. She was 11. And because I had just been recently diagnosed, I think her diagnosis was also pretty easy to figure out. And while it was awful that she also had it, at least Now our family knew what it was and had an idea of how to manage it. And she also helped me a lot because she was older. She could vocalize what she was feeling in a way that I couldn't. So it was a very complicated experience for our whole family, but there were definitely some 
good things in terms of how it happened. I think that's probably rare that your parents caught it so quickly. Wouldn't you say that, Liz? Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Good on them that they were so quick that you didn't get even sicker before you were diagnosed. I have another question. And this was 1994. So did they have you on a pump or what were they giving you injections? Yes, we did injections and I should know this better, but I know I had two different types of insulin that would be mixed in the syringe, the slow acting and the fast acting. And I remember that on the vials, one said R and one said N, but I can't even tell you what that stands for. Maybe you don't know. I used those for quite a while. And at first my parents were giving me the injections. When I started elementary school, I didn't need an insulin injection during the school day. I didn't have any major incidences as a young kid with diabetes. I'm considering like all the things that could go wrong. And again, as an adult, like I'm so appreciative of my parents because I cannot imagine, especially back then without like the CGM technology or stuff like that, just trusting that everything was okay and that the adults at the school were able to handle an emergency if one came up. But luckily, I never had any major emergencies or anything like that. And cell phones. They didn't even have cell phones back then. That must have been terrifying for your parents to to have faith in the school. Liz, you can probably answer this, but how was Anna able to go through a whole day without needing Yeah, I would say probably it used to be that people, and again, it's hard to know the specifics, but people would take a NPH, which had like a peak effect in the middle of the day. And so often people didn't need to take insulin midday. So you could take short and middle acting insulin in the morning and then dinner insulin when you got home. Okay. So the whole reason that we have you here is because I'm a huge fan of your art and I have your pieces hanging Mm -hmm. above me right now, which I love. I'm so happy to have them. And I, we wanted you to talk about your art and your creativity and how that works with your, with diabetes. So my first question is, when did you start playing with art? Have you always been creative? When did you become an artist? Yeah, I've been interested in art for as long as I can remember. And I think that's largely because there were several members of my family that were pretty artistic. My dad, even though he became an engineer, he's also really good at drawing and a great musician. And my mom's a really good dancer. And I had some other relatives who were into music or visual arts. And so I think an appreciation for art was instilled in me from a young age. And then once I started making my own, I quickly found out that I was pretty good at it. I pretty much was always wanting to make art. And I don't remember exactly when I decided like this for sure is the career for me. But I thought about that a lot, obviously, in high school as I was looking into colleges and stuff. So I went to school for fine art and then I went on to get a master's degree in fine art, too. And then when did you start incorporating diabetes and living with a chronic illness into your art? So the first time that I made art about diabetes was actually when I was in third grade for a reading rainbow contest. And I made a little book about my life 
with diabetes. But then I didn't make, even though I was making art all the time, I didn't make art about diabetes again until I was in college. When I was in undergrad in 2010, there was the first Diabetes Art Day, which was created by Lee and Phil. And I found out about it through my older sister, Stacey, and I participated. And it was just like an online art show. So I just made a small piece about diabetes and it was shared online. And I got a lot of really nice, encouraging responses from the people that were looking at it. So that kind of stayed with me. But again, I didn't make anything else for about a year after that. And then in 2011, I think I was a junior in undergrad and I was in a painting class we had a semester-long assignment where we had to create six paintings that were all tied together by one theme. And at the time, I wasn't totally happy with the artwork that I was making. I felt like it wasn't that meaningful. Being surrounded by other students that were super talented, I felt like this determination to make this project something that felt important to me. So I remembered like the response that I got from the Diabetes Art Day piece. So I decided just to to try it for this semester and see how it felt to make work, like multiple works about diabetes. Sorry Mm -hmm. to interrupt. For listeners, I know what your art looks like and Liz does too, but give us a description so that people have an idea in their head. Yeah. So it's changed since then. But at the beginning, the work was pretty literal. I was using oil paints in this specific painting class that I did this project for. So all of them were paintings and they were pretty representational. I was doing paintings of the body or images of what the inside of the body might look like or close-ups of the body, stuff like that. It was pretty straightforward. I was exploring the complications of diabetes and like the everyday life as a diabetic. So it was like, I would say surface level stuff because I hadn't really been open about my experience as a diabetic. And I was presenting these works to a class of people who maybe knew a little bit about diabetes. So my, my initial goal was to convey like the basic information that I thought people needed to understand the work, if that makes sense. At the beginning, it was very like easy to understand and you you could guess what it was about with just a little background information. My work now is much more abstract, (laughs) which I can talk more about that too. But that's how it started. And just to tell listeners, it's mixed media, right? More recently, I've gone in the direction of mixed media. I still love painting, but I guess I started to feel a little limited by it. And also oil paint is not that practical of a material to use. And so I started just like using materials that I found. And so that's why I use mixed media now. I like having the options. And I feel like it suits the work that I'm doing now a lot better than just paint does. So just as a non-artist, can you explain like mixed media? What does that mean exactly? What does that include? Sure. So it can really include any material. It's really just using more than one material that makes it mixed media. But the specific materials that I typically use are acrylic and watercolor paint 
and then ink, graphite, and sometimes collage materials, like different paper materials. But going back to when you made that first series of art and you were being open about having diabetes, what was that like? Because I remember, I mean, I kept it secret for such a long time. Mm -hmm. What was that emotionally? How did that experience feel to like coming out with about your illness? Yeah, I think that I experienced the full range of emotions. And like prior to this, it's not that I kept my diabetes a secret, just because of the nature of what I had to do at school. Most of my classmates and stuff knew about it. They probably didn't know that much, but they knew that I had this condition. And maybe they had a grandparent or something that they knew that they had diabetes or something. And there were a couple of other things throughout my life that I I basically revealed that I was a diabetic, but I never offered (laughs) to talk about why I was doing something or I did the typical thing of going to a private spot to give an insulin injection or test my blood sugar. I made sure to avoid like making people uncomfortable. Even if I knew that they knew I had diabetes, I still like had gotten enough comments about, ooh, needles and ooh, blood. Oh, you have to give yourself shots. I did not want that attention. I, for that reason, I remained pretty private about it for the most part. And so then making the paintings and then because it was a college class, we had to do like critiques and stuff. So people talked about (laughs) the work. I felt like this intense pressure to convey exactly what I wanted to convey. And I wanted people to get it like down to a T and like to totally understand what I was trying to say. If they ever didn't, I felt like I failed in terms of, oh, I didn't explain it well enough. And that's honestly one of the reasons why I started to abstract my work a little bit, because I'm not trying to be like, come off as like the diabetes expert (laughs) and explain why the body does the things it does. I'm not that person. So I found that I was getting trapped in that mindset of, oh, I'm responsible for making these people understand like what diabetes is and what it actually entails and how serious it is. And it's not just jokes about eating too much sugar and stuff like that. I'm a pretty sensitive person. And I think that doing this project and hearing people talk about it and also some occasionally defending the decisions that I made artistically made me a little bit stronger and also helped me understand like how people think about diabetes, like people who don't know a lot about it. And that, that semester set me off on like realizing how many different things I could do with this artwork and how many different approaches I could take and how many different things I could say or not say. So that's why I've been making it for so long. Cause there's just like an endless <laughs> number of things that I could talk about or like people that I could try to speak to, but ultimately My audience now is like my fellow diabetics and people who are struggling with any kind of condition that requires this level of management, like constant maintenance. But I also do like to educate people as well. Yeah. And what a a, just such a fabulous way of doing that, of educating people visually. I think that's so powerful. Do you see 
art as making art as healing for you? Does it continue to be that way? And then would you recommend that for other people? Yes, absolutely. I have found it very healing. And while one of my goals in making this work is to share it with others and connect with others, my main reason I think for continuing to do it is like for personal reasons. It has helped me better understand diabetes and how things work. And I I love learning new things in terms of researching different things about the body and what makes up the body and how the body functions and how incredible it is, all the different things that it does. And like more specifically looking into the pancreas and the cells and just all of those things. And so just learning more and understanding has helped me accept studies a little bit more. I feel like more prepared when I know those things. And I came to learn a lot of that just through my artwork because otherwise I might've not really cared (laughs) to do so much research on a disease that has caused so much trouble in my life. And at times I admit it has been discouraging and stressful and not a pleasant experience to know those things or to look into the complications specifically. So just like knowing like the awareness of the things that could happen is also heavy at times, but for the most part, it has definitely been healing. And just the act of making things in general, whether it's about diabetes or not, has always been helpful for me. It helps get my mind off things. And with my more abstract works in particular, I approach those more like experiments or like play-based experiments. So I can like emotionally detach from whatever I'm thinking about and instead just focus on the materials and what they're doing and how they interact. And so, yeah, overall, it's been a really good healing experience for me. I want to bring Liz in because Mm -hmm. I know that I asked her a similar question recently as an endocrinologist and a person with type 1 diabetes. I asked you the same thing, Liz, about was it Mm -hmm. like too overwhelming to know to have that information about the possibilities of potential complications or whatever that could be down the road because you are so educated on this whole thing. Yeah, I think everyone's got a different tolerance for that. And I think some days are harder than others, depending on what you're faced with. But I really appreciate, Anna, how that you've been able to use this process and putting something out in the world that is reflective of a feeling or an experience or that some someone else might be able to look at and learn from. That's really, and you're so articulate about it. It's really lovely. Thank you. Where can we find your art? Where is your art located? So you can find a lot of it on my website at amoralisart.com. And I'm also pretty active on Instagram at Anna Morales Art. If you're local, you can see my work when I participate in shows, <laughs> which I haven't done as much during the pandemic, but yeah. hopefully more in the future. And then I just have a selection of my artwork on my website. So I'm also happy to talk about other available works that I have through a private message or email. 
Any future plans or anything that you're excited about that's coming up that you want to mention or something we didn't ask you about that you just wanted to speak to? Um, One thing that I haven't mentioned yet was I'm working on a children's book about diabetes, which I just want to throw that out there. I don't have any information on like when people can read it, but it's been in the works for a while and it's loosely based on my life as a kid with diabetes. And I made it because I, when I was in elementary school, I loved reading, but there are very few books at least that I knew about that were about someone like me. I think the closest that I got to was the Babysitter's Club. There was one of the girls had diabetes. And I remember feeling like so excited about that. Ever since I was little, I wanted to first write a book of some kind. And as I got older, I was like, maybe I should write the book that I would have wanted to have at that age. It's in the works. And as soon as it's finished or available, I'll make sure to share it on all of the things. But that is something that's like an ongoing project for me. And that project has also required a lot of research and self-reflection and going through my journals from elementary school, which was interesting. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm excited for the day that I can share more about that. Otherwise, my future plans just involve continuing to make art and sharing it on different platforms. Are you illustrating and writing or is it purely? Yes, I'm doing both. And the book has gone through like several different versions. So the most recent version is a graphic novel. And I've pretty much already written all of the text and I've started working on the artwork, but a lot of art is required. (laughs) And it's such a chance for kids to talk or for people to talk about their experiences with all sorts of different things, how they grew up, different illnesses, just mood. So it is a great way to reach out and help kids feel less alone with whatever they might be struggling with. It's wonderful. So thank you. And thank you, Anna, for making time to talk with us. Really appreciate it. And we'll be sure to put a link to your website. In our show notes. And we'll put (laughs) images of your artwork so people can actually see what it looks like. And like they can just go straight to your website. Thank you both for having me on the podcast. It's always really nice to talk about this stuff with people Mm -hmm. who get it. (laughs) Thank you for listening to this episode of Engaging Diabetes with today's guest, Anna Morales. We hope you enjoyed the conversation and maybe felt inspired or informed or less alone or all of the above. Please subscribe to Engaging Diabetes on all major podcast platforms and leave a comment, question, or review. Thanks again. We hope you come back for more.